You're listening to Joe Dalton on Dublin South FM, crossing the Rubicon. So today, before we get kicking on in our show, we have Francesca Zenpeglione. I hope I got that right on today's show. It's a bit of a mouthful, but hey, when we talk about Ireland and we talk about people have problems pronouncing the names, but I hope I got it right. She'll give me a thumbs up later if I did. It's Tuesday. It's Dublin South FM. Every week, as you know, we're bringing you great guests, great conversations. And this week, I'm going to be speaking to Francesca about confidence, imposter syndrome, self-worth and self-care. I hope you enjoy the show. Francesca, how are you? I'm great. How are you, Joe? Thank you for having me. Delighted. We are delighted to having you on the show here today. I hope I pronounced your last name correctly. <laughs> there are actually two pronunciations, the way you pronounced it and the way that they would say it in the old country, which is Zampalione. Z- that's Zampalione. really enough. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> yeah. easier, actually. I think that's easier. Yeah. On the, okay. On the, so, look, we, we have spoken before. We've had many conversations. Um, I know that you've, you've had uh, a couple of people are on your show here from Ireland as well. One of my good friends, John Murray, the photographer. Um, and I had the pleasure of being on your show as well. So, look, I want to just get into uh, why your name popped up in front of me as well. It was because it was to do with confidence and style and self-care. And I really want to ask you a question, you know, why are you where you are now in your business? What did you do beforehand before you decided to jump into this uniqueness and try and help people with their confidence? Wow, that is such a great question. So I actually went to school for accounting. That's hard to believe. You know, when I, my tagline a couple of years ago, I would say, oh, I'm a CPA turned stylist. And people's faces would be like, I don't understand how you made that transition. So I would take them back to a day, you know, where I was younger and I had these dreams and these wishes. And I don't know, a few moments ago when I logged on, you might have seen a picture of a little girl with a smile. That's me at seven years old. So Everyone who Zooms with me gets to meet seven-year-old me (laughs) before they meet me. Um, And it's just a reminder that I am living my heart, right? I'm working through things and helping others because if you don't realize it sooner, hopefully you realize it at one point in time that we are here for other people, right? So I did a lot of work and um, on my confidence. And now I want to help others with theirs. So I went to school for accounting because I actually helped my father out at a very young age with his accounting. I would write the payroll checks for his, you know, he was a Mason, an incredible artist. And, you know, the accountant couldn't come write the checks. So I got to write them and I got to write myself a check. And it was a really fun thing making money. So that was my first job. And then, you know, when it comes to university time, you get the big question like, oh, what do you want to do when you grow up? Um, Like, well, this accounting thing sounds kind of cool and I can make a lot of money or actually my job is almost guaranteed when I graduate. Right. There's definitely jobs in accounting because there's this saying, you know, live and pay taxes. So I'm like, everybody needs an accountant. Bottom line is accounting is the foundation of all business. I knew 
one day that I would have my own business, that I know exactly what it was going to be. No, but I knew I wanted to be that leader. So I, that's why I went for it. And then I got a job, an incredible, you know, an international accounting firm, got some great experience. And then as my life went on, then I started managing professional education. I consider myself a lifelong learner. I love to learn. So it was great that I got to manage professional education for other CPAs. And while I was there, I created a course called Dressed Smart because a lot of the younger generation, I kept hearing from these partners in the accounting world, they don't know how to dress. And I'm still having this conversation. The younger generation doesn't know how to dress. And it's just a communication issue, right? But I had a lot of fun doing that. And I felt like that was really leaning into who I am as a person and guiding people. So that's kind of a little bit of the transition. I hope that explains it, um, provides some clarity on how I went from accounting to, you know, confidence. Uh, one, of, one, of, one of the things I'm thinking, laughing about, there is a miscommunication. Which side has the miscommunication? That's a, <laughs> that's a different day subject because I've seen, I've seen where, you know, we, I, when I was 18, you know, it was buy a pair of shoes and your mum says buy them because you'll wear them to all the interviews and you buy a suit. And I remember interviews later on and guys coming in with ripped jeans and showing the, the butt of the crack of their arse and you're kind of going, oh my God, it's, yeah, they're really talented. Okay, and that's what we want. But you kind of go, is there disrespectful there because they come in in a T-shirt into the industry? But that's, look, we'll, we'll, we'll hop on that another day i usually i I usually ask people about you know what is success but i'm not going to ask you that i'm going to ask you what is confidence you know what confidence is being able to stand tall with who you are every day realizing however that confidence wavers but it's an internal issue right and sometimes we hear things externally or we we see things on social media that can you know, chip, chip away at it. But ultimately, confidence is feeling good about who you are. And not that you have to know everything to be confident, know that you are resourceful, and you can find the answer when you need it, right? We, it's just approaching life with that beginner's mind knowing I'm strong enough and resourceful enough, I'm confident enough to be the person who I am meant to be. So confidence is a smile to me. Yeah, it's things that are popping up. Can you be confident about being confident or is that arrogance as well? So just hearing you say that, I hear the word arrogance drop in. Being confident. So yeah, there is a fine line, just like everything, right? So if you're overly confident, that's a little, that's the turn off to people, right? And you want to be accepting and accepted. Right. We want to be seen and heard. Yeah, definitely want to be seen and heard. But, you know, if someone is confident and they are confident in themselves, but other people then might see them as arrogant. So do we as, you know, as professionals have to sometimes be more reserved in our in our approach so we don't frighten or make other people feel unconfident? Hmm. Well, I think about that. So to 
maybe add some clarity to the definition, I would say we still should be empathetic, right? You can still be confident and be kind. You can still be confident and be a good listener to others because you want to attract that and you want to help people with that, right? So it's just being a good listener and supporter and serving. Yes, I would agree. And I think that's, you know, when, you know, everyone, we talk about confidence and we talk about leadership and we talk about all the good parts, but, you know, I think there's the pendulum that swings between point A and point point B, and you have to know where you fit in in that. And I think that's, you know, I think that's a real good starting point for ourselves to have this conversation. Um, because then it's about self-care. And self-care is self-care then not worrying about what other people think, but having compassion, but also understanding how you feel within as well. Self-care is so many things. It's not just for, it's not a a massage and a mani-pedi, <laughs> right? Self-care is um, waking up every morning and being grateful that you're here and happy and making sure that your mind is in a happy place. That's self-care. And taking care of yourself emotionally and physically so you can be here for others. That's self-care. It doesn't have to be arrogant, but it, it's it's thinking of you first and taking care of your health and well-being. That's self-care. And how you think of yourself, not, you know, criticizing your image, for example. Yeah, talking about image, you know, I I think when I started doing shows or doing interviews or looking at myself in Zoom a long time ago, in the beginning, I would question myself and thought I had a big nose and thought that, you know, my hair was receding or whatever. I'm joking now at the moment, but now for me, that self-image, I, I don't have any issue with it. And I... I even one of my friends, Joseph McGuire, wrote a book on face facts and analyzes the different peoples and their different faces. And one of the things that intrigued me was if you look at a line down the center of your body, your left side is completely different from your right side. So in the world that we are in at the moment and everyone's sort of hybriding and coming out of, of two and a half years of lockdown, the people that you're speaking to, how are they relating to themselves of when they're looking through the mirror of what, what do they see and how, and, how, and how are they overcoming their own challenges as well? Hmm. What an impressive question, because as luck would have it, I did present to a group of women at a women's conference just yesterday about how to stay relevant in a remote and hybrid world. This is the role we're living in today. Ultimately, at the end of the presentation, what I shared with them is that self-care is what's going to keep you relevant and productive. Because ultimately, you just said, you know, if we're looking at ourselves in the camera and we're criticizing ourselves, that is chipping away at our energy. And by the end of the day, you're so tired, you can't even do your job. So it's a matter of just accepting your beauty, period, right? John Murray has brought this up. You brought his name up a few moments ago. It doesn't matter what, you don't need 
you know, it doesn't matter what you look like to others. You just need to you're be okay with you. You're a gift, right? But if we're chipping our away at ourselves, at our image every single day, all day, that's an exhausting day. And that really takes away from A, your genius, your brilliance, and your productivity. I offer to them some self-care tips like affirmations and meditation and journaling, just so they could, you know, find that self-love, Joe, within themselves. They were really open to it too. I find that fascinating because I hear, you've explained it wonderfully and I'll tell you why, because I've heard a lot of people saying, oh, when you're on a Zoom call, it's draining and it takes away a lot of your energy. And I can always wondered why are people's energy being drained? Maybe it's because I was using Zoom for years before COVID came along. So I had conditioned myself to it. Where when I do a call or do something, I've just realized that a lot of people are looking at themselves and they're looking at the way they, you know, they act and feel. And that in itself is exhausting. And it actually is taking them away from the learning experience that they're having as well. So I've learned something today. I have learned something today on it. So, and is that a case of just people looking in the mirror and just saying, you are beautiful, you are wonderful, you know, you are what you are and the world should love you for what it is. Is that what people should be doing? That's exactly what people should be doing. You know, I have this quote that I created that I showed them uh, yesterday in the presentation. A lot of them picked up their cell phones and took a picture of my quote. And it's this simple, Joe, compliment someone today, look in the mirror. That's it. And in fact, another part of my story was um, someone who is a famous artist and singer who was going through a negative time and you would never know it because she's amazing and famous and all of these great things, but she was in a negative portal, if you will. So what she did every morning is she would look in the more in the mirror and say, good morning, gorgeous. Good morning, gorgeous. That affirmation in and of itself started off her day and shifted her mindset from negative to positive, which is exactly what you and I spoke about on my podcast interview with you is how do we shift, right? And um, and actually she happened to name her album, Good Morning Gorgeous, and that happens to be Mary J. Blige. Great story. She sings with such passion and energy and focus. And I love that story. So I shared it with a bunch of, you know, everyone who attended yesterday and it could be a post-it. Maybe you need a reminder, write it down. I am worthy. Put it on a post-it, put it on your desk, your mirror, your bathroom, wherever it makes sense for you. We do need reminders of this every single day. Do you think it's a different sort of values when we're talking on this subject for men as it is for women? It is, you know, you know, women, is it how I feel and how I look and maybe is it men? I, I, I can't answer that for, for all men or women. I'm just, is it a case of how I feel inside? For me, it's not how I feel, look outside. It's how I feel inside. And it's about how do I deal where if worry or anxiety comes along, is it the same or is it different? 
I think it is different for males and females. And, you know, just to bring up yesterday's presentation, someone raised their hand and said, yeah, Francesca, I am a part of Zoom meetings all the time. And for some silly reason, the guys always keep the cameras on and the ladies turn them off. Why does that happen? And I think it's because of we're critical of ourselves. Like I said, in this video that I showed them, um, you know, there was a sketch artist that where they, a sketch artist had someone describe themselves and then they brought in someone else. And the pictures of the two were so completely different because we're so critical. And he, in this sketch artist said, as women, they, we, you know, pick out our wrinkles or our moles or whatever. And, you know, other people don't see what we see. So we're overly critical. And for whatever reason, men, it, it, it you know, they just aren't. I, it's, it's really, you know, I haven't done the scientific research. I'm sure there's some research out there, but I can't speak to that. I can just only say what I hear and what people have said to me. I noticed from my fitness world life, different hat on, that when you were running classes or were running um, group group training, it was always women would show up and more women were showing up than men. And it always made me wonder, and if you're doing an event, it's always more women that show up than men. And it made me kind of realize or ask the question, why? You know, is it because women are, you know, they're doing something, they're building their community, they're they're connecting. But men feel, I don't know, do men feel that they need to be on their own or, you know, I, I could never understand, even when you do large events, it always seems to be more women than men. And I always wonder, what is the issue or what is the thing that we you need to bring men in into it. Um, you go to a dinner party. It's, I know over here, if you go to a dinner party or go to a gathering, as the night goes on, on all the men end up in the kitchen and all the women end up in the sitting room. <laughs> you know, yeah. all all talking. Now I I like mixing between both. And I, I remember growing up years ago, all the men be in the kitchen and I'd be in the sitting room having a laugh with all the women. Um, so it's it's something that we talk about. And the reason why I'm going on about this is that it, it's that confidence. And so different people experience confidence in a different way. And where is the starting point for both male and female to go where where is that starting point so you bring up so many good points but i would say you know yes that community for women is just something that we gravitate towards it could be something as simple as you know hanging out with the people who are like you right so when you go to a networking event you're going to look for somebody or something familiar to make that connection and it's immediate, it's evident, right? When you walk into a room and there are other women, you're going to gravitate towards those women. I think it's just what we do naturally, right? And the same thing for the guys, you know, oh, look at them. They're in there drinking their beer. We're going to hang out. It's just, and then the conversations are male-like. Maybe it's more around sports. And with the women, it's whatever is driving them, whether it's family issues or whatever. So I think it's, you know, we gravitate towards people who look like us or, or who we think are experiencing the same issues. 
Yeah, I, I always be, I always found hanging out with women, it was a better but, laugh. Yeah, I can't explain that. I think you're just looking. Yeah, we just laugh at different things. You're just looking for something different to laugh at. Uh, well, demand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so how to go back to your question, though, how do we start um, becoming aware of it? Right. How can I embrace other people into my circle here and learn from these people? You know, other people. You're very aware. And every day that you're working through this process, we be, we become more aware. But, you know, as a as working and helping people with their confidence, do you sometimes kind of when you're speaking to people go, my God, I didn't realize there was so many people that were lacking it. Um, sadly, yes, there are a lot of people who lack it just for not believing in themselves, not believing in their brilliance and their creativity and understanding that they're here for a reason. You know, some of us just get, because we're not aware, we take certain things for granted, right? Um, and if we can lean into our awareness and just make it a little simpler than that and say, yep. I am grateful for the roof over my head and the shelter. You know, I'm going to remind you, Joe, of the three things that you said on my podcast that I shared yesterday. I am safe. I am whole. I am enough. Right. I, I called that their affirmation starter kit. Right. If you don't know where to start, if you take nothing else out of my conversation, out of the presentation, just start right there. Everyone should start right there. Yeah, it's a good place to start. And it's about that ripple effect as well. Um, you know, it's if we want to help people, you know, sometimes we say things that can help other people. I, I tell you, I was, I'm going to share this with yourself as well. I was realizing the other day, I was feeling a bit anxiety, I had a bit of anxiety, right? And I kind of went, okay, normally when we get anxiety, we put our hands up and we and sometimes it forces in, right? And we we try and fight it. So everyone, when they feel worried or a bit anxiety about something, they try and hold it back. So they do all their energy and pushing it to hold back. And by holding it back, what does things get? Like a water or a dam, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then when it gets too strong, they let it go and it overwhelms them and floods them and shocks them. Correct. Would that be? Yes. Yeah. But why? Why? If you feel it, breathe. Okay. And then let it flow through you. Like martial arts, when you have martial arts, you get the person that's running at you, you let them flow through you. So instead of holding out and letting that energy build, as it comes, you go, okay, I'm feeling this way. I'm just going to let it flow through me. And when it flows through me, it'll come out the other side because that's all it is. And by doing that, it's releasing it. Yep. A hundred percent. And by doing that, I kind of went, oh, and it was like, instead of a, it was a, oh, like a, like a sitting down on the couch after a hard day and plonking down and feed up. So I, the tools that you're teaching and the tools that, you know, we all teach, even though for us, we give given different interpretations of them, they have so much value to other people. 
So much value to other people, right? I, as you're describing your anxiety, I started to feel anxiety. I just have to full disclosure because you're right. And as you try to fight it, that wall gets, you know, thicker and thicker. And then it just makes it right. And it just makes it worse. And, you know, it's fear and love. So you described fear, right? But then you also described love because that's what got you through it, right? So if you break it down to those two principles, and you realize perhaps that you're having that anxiety, just you're right, you have to face it. And that much quicker, you will let it go. Yeah, yeah. And it is about, you said it there, it is about love, isn't it? Like, you know, if you, when people, I think people think love is one thing, you know, hugs and meeting someone, but love is really about the energy that you hold for everything around you. When you have someone and you're dealing with someone and helping them with their confidence, how do you bring them up to that step of self-love first and foremost i have to meet them where they are right okay right and then guide them with exercises with that um a few that i've mentioned you know affirmations uh journaling journaling is an incredible exercise in letting go right so perhaps it was something that somebody said to you years ago and that you're holding on to so write a letter don't mail it and let it go right so i think as it's just building that strength wall within and finding that self love that's going to get them to that confidence piece so it's exercises that they're ready for but it's a consistency joe it's a consistency we have to be consistent with our work we 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 want to change, we want to do better, we want to feel better. And in order to do that, it's working on the elements that are getting us down. So it's a practice, just like, you know, meditation is a practice, just like yoga is a practice. Loving yourself is a practice over and over and over again. I think there's a question there that needs to be asked to people is, um, what is enough? Mm, like when does it stop? Yeah, like, you know, you can have someone who is trying to do all the work and they're still not breaking through, cracking that code. When do they kind of go, you know, what what is enough? Well, then it might be, it might not be future focused. It might be past focused. And then that's when a therapist would have to get involved. Yeah. Right. So there could be things from this person's childhood. We all have trauma. Um, You know, everyone's life is different and hard individually. Right. So if they're struggling, it, it might just, we, you know, that person would have to think about doing some work, you know, that's past focused to get them future focused. So it can't all, you know, it can't all be future focused. Coming to the end, okay, and I want to just tap in to and ask you the question. You you also have on your LinkedIn profile, which is, you know, rethinking your imposter syndrome. Now, for me, imposter syndrome, you know, 
is someone might f- be told they have an imposter syndrome, but they they don't for, because they're happy in who they are. For people there, there'll be people listening to this. What's your definition of imposter syndrome and how and how do people rethink it? So it's literally when we hold ourselves back from success, whether it be from procrastination, flying below the radar, like being afraid to speak up, like there are behaviors that we have because for whatever reason, we don't, it's not a lack of confidence. I'm going to bring that word in here. It's not a lack of confidence. It's a limitation of it. So we're all born with confidence. But then as if we start to limit ourselves in our successes, for whatever reason, we have imposter syndrome, like, who am I to, to do this? Well, my friend, you're a competent intellectual. And just because you don't know the answer in this promotion doesn't mean you can't get the resources. So it's reminding people that they are competent and, you know, smart enough to be where they are to get that promotion, to to go for that job that might seem challenging at times. But for whatever reason, like I said, they've put a limitation on it. Are they afraid to move forward and do something different? Are they afraid that they're not going to succeed? Well, we always have that fear. You obviously wouldn't have been given a promotion, for example, or you know, asked to be a part of this team if someone else didn't see that that competence in you. So it's competence and confidence. Those are the two key words here. And it's understanding perhaps how it may limit you and reframing. So it's an awareness. It's reframing your your state and, and believing in yourself again. And um, then, you know, moving forward. So I was taught by the imposter syndrome world expert, Dr. Valerie Young, who has a book and it was an incredible training program. But um, I I would say that those are the key terms and understandings of imposter syndrome. As I think about it and think about the world that we live in, I think people need to just be kind to themselves and be kind to the people around them. I was drawing out a list today with someone and I was asking them to write down all the stuff that they're good at and all the stuff in their business that they actually like doing. So their business is complex, but when they wrote down what they liked doing, it was only a small part of that business. And they all are going to do now is focus on that small part of that business. And by focusing on that will give them better energy and their business will thrive instead of trying to do all the stuff that they is part of it, but they don't like doing. So where do you think with Zoom and COVID gone, I don't even you know with, with Zoom and you know, everyone I don't believe in the new normal. I think we, we're creatures of habit, we'll get back to doing what we do. What do you think I what do you think the next couple of years are will be for for people? That's a great question in that I don't know that anybody knows because there's so much so many external factors, right? What's going on with the economy? Um, supply chain issues are still a thing. Like how many more years do we have to wait for that to recover? But ultimately, if two and the past two and a half years hasn't taught us anything, I would hope that it has taught us that awareness of self-care, right? 
we were forced to be alone with ourselves, with our families. There were a number of people who got divorced. There were a number of people who got together. We were forced to find out who we truly are. And I would encourage people to continue to do that work. Yeah, I, as my wife reminds me on many occasions that we must be in love and we are together because we were locked in the same house with screaming children for two and a half years. Um, and we are, we are still here strong as ever. Um, what did you learn from the last two and a half years about yourself? Wow. Well, I love that question because I really dove in to my journaling practice and meditation and I found three things, self-love, awareness, and forgiveness. Journaling is so powerful because you can't be anywhere else but the present moment. Can't be in the past, can't be in the future. You are present moment with pen and paper. And for me, I had so many aha moments. For me, I learned to be that stronger, confident self and realizing in full effect, I'm not here for me. I'm here for other people. That, if I were to sum it up, was such a great realization for me, which is why I've transformed my business, not to style and sell clothes, but to work with people on how they feel about themselves. Because what I found in trying to sell clothes, no one wanted to invest in themselves because they didn't believe in themselves. And that was really, really hard. So I, where I really want to help people is with their hearts. Yeah, I think when you feel good about yourself, you buy, you, you'll get that outfit, you know. Um, and you invest in yourself and your training, just so many things. There's so, so many, many things, things on it. The, the, the two things that I learned was I became a better observer of what was real and what was we were told. And I also learned to be very comfortable in my own solitude. That's beautiful. That's exactly right. I love that. What's next for you now that you've changed or slightly maneuvered your career? Um, so it's a secret. Don't tell anybody. Okay. But I do love doing presentations. I was so energized yesterday. I actually, um, the way it worked out was I had to do the same presentation three times. And I was really nervous about that, Joe, because the last time I was in person for a presentation was March of 2020, a week before we shut down. So it had been two and a half years since I presented live in person. So I had a little bit of nervousness, but I knew that if I thought about that too much, that's how I was going to feel. I just stayed positive and just knew I could. I just didn't know how I was going to feel by the third time I presented. And it, I, I surprised myself because I had more energy at the end than I did in the beginning. It just, the momentum carried through. So what I'm telling you is I want to do more of that. I want to, it allows me to touch more people that way. So I'll be looking for stages as they get bigger and bigger. Um, and presenting these, you know, these things that will help people, to your point, to recognize how important it is to have that self-solitude and not be afraid of it. Because some people do fear it, fear themselves and just just making the world a better place that way. 
Yeah, I think people being alone sometimes brings on addiction because they're they're running away from from who they are. Yeah. Francesca, if people want to reach out to you and touch base with you, um, where can they locate you? So a great place is LinkedIn. I'm very active there. And they can visit my website, which is dressedsmart.com. But I will say, first and foremost, find me on LinkedIn. And if you heard me on the show, just say that, hey, I heard you on your interview with Joe Dalton. Let's connect. That would be perfect. Thank you for coming on to Dublin South FM. What if you could have a sustainable business without the liquidity concerns and make your company more profitable? Curious? Check out our tried and tested proven client acquisition formula. Go to www.joedalton.ie and book your free consultation now.